and Ted was able, he went up to like four different girls who all like turned him down when he had his arm in the sling mm-hmm. and was like, help me load my sailboat into my Volkswagen Beetle, <laughs> which isn't, <laughs> what? I don't know about that for one. I feel really bad, but still like, really? 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 Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first edition of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie Zarlingo. And I'm Allison Mergens. And we decided to start this podcast because we love movies and we love television. And Allison and I always like to talk about the latest um, movie on Netflix or, you know, that just came out in theaters. We just love to talk movies and we just like to talk in general. Mm-hmm. So we thought that this would be a fun podcast for for all of our travelers who uh, maybe don't always go out and explore or even those that do, you know, on your off days when you just want to, you know, binge watch something on Netflix, watch a movie. This is for you. We will pick something each week and then we will watch it and then we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. So this week, we decided to start off on a slightly spooky note. Mm-hmm. We decided to watch Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes. It is available on Netflix. Yes, and it's been all over social media mm-hmm. for the past probably two weeks or so. Um, fun fact, it was released on January 24th, which is exactly 30 years after Ted Bundy was executed in Florida. That also happens to be my birthday, so. <laughs> Double spooky. <laughs> spooky, spooky. Um, so, yeah, obviously he's kind of America's most notorious or infamous mm-hmm. serial killer. And pretty much, I mean, I feel like I obviously know who Ted Bundy is, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know a ton about the no. background. So that was pretty cool to watch this and I watched it twice yeah you realize when you watch this how little you actually know about him Uh uh-huh and like I took a law studies class in high school we had a serial killer unit which I think we all have that kind of like morbid interest in serial killers like what makes them tick why do they do what they do and so I was super excited for that unit and we learned about Ted Bundy but you know we also learned about Jeffrey Dahmer and uh, Charles Manson uh, the Zodiac so we didn't really focus that much on each individual person so this is like a really in-depth look at not just the murders but also just him and his life Mm -hmm. definitely in case this needs to be said spoilers ahead spoilers if you haven't watched it um maybe don't listen or if you don't (laughs) want to watch it and you just want to know what it's about then listen to the short podcast but we're going to talk a little bit about like the plot and review it a little bit and and just like our thoughts and any other like info that maybe we feel it was missing and kind of talk about our, our critiques and what we liked, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We'll start with just kind of a, a brief synopsis. We know if you're listening to this, you've probably already watched it. So we're not going to go too in depth on each individual episode. Um, but that's one thing. It is four episodes long. It's not a a documentary it's a docu-series mm-hmm. so it's four episodes long each is about an hour the last one is a little over an hour so you could definitely get this done in a day if you have you know your whole afternoon free or your evening free although it's a lot there's a lot of information mm-hmm. in this that it's kind of hard to watch it all at once it's like when you binge watch any television show you miss a lot because you're there's so much to absorb all at once yeah so maybe take a break maybe don't watch it all at once unless you honestly have nothing else to do and it is very uh captivating you know each episode kind of ends on a 
a cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, yeah. So it makes you want to watch the next episode. So definitely do if you if you want to. But if you really want to kind of absorb everything that you're learning, definitely maybe take some breaks. I watched it twice because I like zipped right through it, just like I feel like mo- most people do. Like you know, if you have a couple hours, you'll zip through something. And then I was like, okay, wait, what was that show about? And I just like <laughs> rewatched it again and like took breaks, but. And then, of course, like had to do a little bit of extra research on mm-hmm. the side, but yeah, I fell asleep a bunch, and it, that's not because it's boring. I just fall asleep all the time. Mm-hmm. You can ask my husband. I can't watch anything without falling asleep. <laughs> it's just me. I'm also pregnant, so I'm just generally tired. Um, but I did have to watch this multiple times because I kept falling asleep. Mm-hmm. So we both have, we both have watched it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you know, if you watched it, the first episode, well, every episode like crams in so much information, Mm -hmm. except for I feel like the fourth one kind of like drags out a little bit. But like the first episode, it goes through like his childhood and like moving to Seattle and like the first murders. And they only kind of like, I kind of wish they would have talked more or Ted would have talked more about his childhood Mm-hmm. because like in additional research that I did found out that like he probably murdered somebody like as young as 14 in Atlantic City and like, they don't talk about that at all no and they don't talk about uh he talks about like his finding his birth certificate mm-hmm. and whatnot and he's like doesn't make a big deal about like oh yeah I'm illegitimate but like that would probably mess somebody up mm-hmm. I mean not never knowing who your father is or thinking like there's rumors that maybe his grandfather Mm -hmm. louise's dad actually fathered ted Mm -hmm. so like they don't talk a bunch about that and i kind of longed for more um like interviews with people that knew him when he was younger or like knew him in high school they did talk a little bit about that like again it's it's very brief they don't really focus on it that much and uh, just to rewind a little bit so obviously all of these episodes have clips of tapes of Ted Bundy while he was on death row um so this most of this is his own words and you find out he's very egotistical he really rarely talks about the murders until the very end mm-hmm. he just wants to talk about himself so I'm surprised he didn't mention more and honestly there's over a hundred hours that they recorded with him so there might have been more maybe they just felt in the documentary it wasn't really what people wanted to hear maybe mm-hmm. they just wanted to get straight to you know the infamous Ted Bundy and what he did but we do learn that um he was kind of a nobody in high school he didn't really have a lot of friends he wasn't really known as anything he wasn't really known as a jock or a really popular person or even like a a nerdy person he just was and one thing that I thought was interesting is one of his childhood friends said he never had a girlfriend like he never dated and then you learn a little bit more about his feelings on women in the second episode but we'll get to that in a minute um but yeah he was just kind of kind of just there he didn't really have much of a personality he didn't really have much of a presence yeah I think he wanted to be something more than what he was like he talks about how he wanted to be a politician Mm -hmm. which is like famous but also has this like like godlike side to it like that people would like praise him and be like oh Ted you're you're so brilliant and you're like a problem solver rather than just being like somebody who's famous but he Mm -hmm. never was like smart enough they talk about how he got into like the University of Puget Sound and he wanted to go to a different law school and he was just like 
it wasn't a challenge there for me in Puget Sound and that's why he ended up like going to the University of Utah it was like a more prestigious school and then it only moved him further to like commit more murders and I feel like it kind of enabled him being able like the fact that he like moved across the country obviously Mm -hmm. and we'll get into more of like the actual details of the investigation but it in the beginning it was amazing how easily he was able to get away with it. He was very meticulous with how he handled the murders. At first, it was just missing women. There was no evidence. There were no witnesses. In the beginning, he was able to very uh, discreetly get away with quite a few disappearances. In the beginning, Mm -hmm. it, it all took place in Seattle. In the beginning, it was so bad to the point where You know, Seattle was known for being a a big hitchhiking city. People felt very comfortable doing that. After people started disappearing, that was it. Just wasn't. It didn't happen anymore. People didn't feel safe. Right, and like I talked to my dad a little bit because he was in high school between '74 and '78, and he was like, "It was so crazy. Like we're here in Nebraska, but you know, before this, nothing like." nothing like this had happened I feel like it was very much so like in the summertime you like you wake up you go outside you play outside all day like with your friends you just come home like when the street lights come on and like your parents don't worry about you or where you're at or anything like that but like I feel like this case had like such a profound effect on how like children and parents you know treated their children and interacted with their children and kept an Mm -hmm. eye on them now like helicopter parents are like not a thing in the 70s Mm -mm. i feel and now that's like totally changed because of this you know this one person right and i think it's really important like everything that ted was able to do is like because of technology for Mm -hmm. one and then just like mishandling like gross negligence and mishandling of the case like mm-hmm. just the way they was handled as a witness and the investigation and all that like obviously that would never happen today oh it's insane and again you know what he was able to get away with for so long i mean this took this only took place over what two years yeah a couple of years and it was all across the country and the states didn't talk to each other which i find incredibly stupid honestly I can't even really think of a word for it but like states didn't talk to each other like hey we're missing you know a handful of women here we don't know what happened to them what what do you have you know what's going on over there like they didn't talk to each other there was there was no DNA testing there was nothing that was able to you know pin it on anybody let alone Mm -hmm. just this one Ted but it all kind of came into fruition at uh in the summer of 74 Uh, Yeah, like Lake Sammamish. It was um, like a weekend in July. And, you know, there was like they said 14,000 people there and everyone was there like boating. I imagine kind of like a 4th of July weekend type of thing. You know, people were there on the beach. They're boating, hanging out, playing volleyball, you know, doing whatever. And like there's thousands of witnesses, obviously thousands of people there. And Ted was able, he went up to like, four different girls who all like turned him down when he had his arm in the sling mm-hmm. and was like help me load my sailboat into my volkswagen beetle <laughs> which isn't <laughs> what i don't know about that for one i feel really bad but still like really 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 like, like that line got you yeah no 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 disrespect to the to the victims here but uh but that's pretty 
pretty wild. And um, I don't I don't feel like they talked about it as much, but he would kind of like I think about in Silence of the Lambs, you know, when Buffalo Bill tries to he gets that first girl and he's like, Can mm-hmm. you help me get this couch into my car? I imagine that exact same situation where it's kind of like, you get into the car and I'll push the push my boat in. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, you're trapped under my boat and now you're trapped in my car and I'm driving away. Like I imagine that's kind of mm-hmm. like how it happened. And like they talk about how he like bludgeoned his victims. So it would probably and I mean he was a man so he could overpower these girls easily and probably you know knock them out and um and take them and that really kind of made everybody crazy because like these disappearances were happening on college campuses and then it was like kind of like um where families are you know Mm -hmm. I think about that like it's not just like oh a college but it's like there are families here there are kids around um and obviously tons of witnesses and it kind of like happened right ever under everybody's noses the one thing though that they were able to take away from this um the two women that disappeared two women disappeared that day was there were actually people who saw him and talked to him and he told them my name is ted which Mm -hmm. for a guy that's smart you'd think he wouldn't use his own name but you know it's the 70s everything's different Mm -hmm. but he uses his own name and the people who turned him away were able to, you know, come forward as witnesses later on. You know, they said it was a guy named Ted. He had this, you know, tan, you know, light brown Volkswagen Beagle, Beagle, Beetle, Beetle, Beetle. Um, So they actually had something to stand on. But then they had literally hundreds, if probably not thousands of people calling in after this, after this new information came to light saying, hey, my boyfriend Ted is, you know, kind of, I, I have a feeling he might be this guy. They Or even people not named Ted. Yeah. Which, like, when they said that, I was like, ooh. Like, that makes me uncomfortable. It makes me sad, too, that, like, there would be all these women mm-hmm. that would call in and be like, oh, my boyfriend, like, his name's not Ted, but he, like, is crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then what are you doing? <laughs> and, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, just hundreds of people that came forward that were like, hey, I think this might be the guy. So they didn't even know what to do with all this information. There's no way to sort it. There's no way to, you know, interview every single one of these people. But the, but then Ted Bundy's actual girlfriend, Elizabeth, came forward and she had said, I'm worried about my boyfriend, Ted. But he was just, you know, one of hundreds of Ted's that mm-hmm. were, you know, people that were coming forward. So they really didn't know what to do with this information. And he was a law student. He was clean cut. He was smart. He was charming. He was handsome. He didn't fit the profile, which I think is so interesting and honestly kind of important when you think but they, about, you and know, like, predators. They didn't really have and, profiles back then. No. too. So it's like, you know, they always, they talk about like, oh, Ted Bunny is so handsome. He's so good looking. His clothes are pressed. But, like, somebody's outward appearance doesn't really talk about, like, you know, their, their inner workings. They really like, are. Yeah, like, what they were, what they were doing, um, it's just, it's... It just kind of goes to show that, you know, people, you know, like Ted, are everywhere. And mm-hmm. you really don't know, unfortunately. Thankfully, serial killers like Ted Bundy don't really exist anymore because of all the technology changes and... Uh, I mean, if if a person like Ted Bundy were around now trying to do this, they'd be caught immediately. Yeah. This wouldn't happen. But, you know, at the time, they were thinking, you know, oh, no, we're not going to worry about him. He he doesn't seem like that kind of person. So they kind of just dismissed her, you know, 
her call at first. And um, so that was kind of the end of the first episode. The second episode goes more into um, when he first gets caught. The episode starts where he kind of talks about uh, women in general. He says he doesn't really understand them. And Mm -hmm. um, he thinks that they're just objects meant for for violence, for self-gratification. You can tell he just has a very a very poor view of them. He hates them, honestly. Like, he hates women. I don't really know where it comes from, but he, that first, you know, maybe five minutes of that episode before it goes into the, you know, the opening credits is really disturbing, the way he talks about women. Mm -hmm. And also, I was just talking about this with somebody else that, how he even talked about Elizabeth. He doesn't talk about her as a person at all. He talks about like, oh, you know, she has a good job. Like she has a good family. Like He nothing. loved the idea of her. Mm-hmm. And she would make him look better. I always wondered like why he never went after her. They, I, they don't like talk about that that much, but it's like, well, why her versus like these other, you know, women? Like what, what was the distinction between the two and like... You know, um, she had the the same look. She like parted her hair down the middle, had like dark hair, mm-hmm. and like so did all the a lot of these other girls. But like, makes me wonder like, okay, what's the difference between like? Obviously, it was easy for him to get close to Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. He didn't breaking it off with her, but you know what? What was different about that? I, I wonder wondering. if maybe he just wanted somebody as like a like a cover. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly don't really know. And that's another thing. They don't really talk about their relationship very much. Um, and even, like, after it ends. Because he ends up going down to Utah and he ends up killing more people while he's there. He even kidnaps or attempts to kidnap a woman named Carol at the mall. He fakes being a police officer. Mm-hmm. Tells her that somebody broke into her car and he wants to take her out there to go look at it. She's very apprehensive. And I think this is what saved her in the end is she was... She still went with him, but she was kind of, oh, I don't know. She made him show her his badge, which was fake, but he had one. Mm -hmm. So she was like, okay. And they go out there, look in the car. She doesn't see anything missing. Then he tells her that he has somebody in custody and to come with him. In my Volkswagen. (laughs) And she's like, well, I figured he was undercover, you know, but at least she was you know, somewhat smart in the situation. You know, she wasn't... She, like, questioned things. Like, I feel like people would these days, like, everyone questions everything, but maybe 40 years ago, right? people were more, like, trusting. Yeah, like, something like this. Like, if somebody came up to me, hey, somebody broke into your car, I'd be like, um, did they, though? Right. (laughs) I'm not going out there with you. (laughs) Like... Right. And that's, like, a... Yeah. I mean, the respect level that people have for, like, law enforcement is totally different now mm-hmm. than it was then. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if she wouldn't have questioned it, she would be a gunner. Mm-hmm. And, like, she got he got those handcuffs on her, like, while they were driving. I just think about, like, if they would have stopped and, I mean, he would have overpowered her so easily. And she, a- wouldn't have, she wouldn't have gotten out. Yeah. That's something that they talk about, too, later on in the in the series that – you know, it takes a very, you know, weak man to, I mean, just to hurt women in general, but to go after somebody so much smaller and weaker than you, like all of his victims were young, attractive women who, you know, could not fend for themselves. And and even girls. Yeah. Oh yeah. Young girls too. Yeah. You learn about that later on. So after Carol escapes, 
he ends up killing somebody else the same night. Yeah. And so now they have an actual witness, somebody who actually saw his face, talked to him, spent some time with him. And when she saw him in a lineup later on, she picked him out right away, even though he, this is amazing. He changed his appearance when he knew he was going to be in a lineup. He changed his appearance so many times over the years. They called him a chameleon because he was able to look just slightly different enough that it didn't look like the same person. Right. And if you, like, they show a lot of those pictures and it's so true, like, looks like maybe cousins or brothers, like yeah, not the like, same person. And like, yeah, he wasn't, he was like attractive and like good looking, but like not distinctive. In yeah. A way, he didn't really know? have any distinct features on him at all. Apparently he had a mole on his neck, like oh. a big mole on his neck that he always wore. Um, turtlenecks turtlenecks yeah because it was like a, obviously a big identifying um i just i didn't think about that but i noticed that like just remembering the document he does wear turtlenecks a lot mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense and then yeah he like he would grow the beard he would have his hair different and um it was it was crazy and and thankfully the reason that they were able to get him in the lineup is because elizabeth called again and she was like hey you need, to, you need to look into him. <laughs> I'm like, telling I'm you. I'm telling you. And they were like, oh, yeah, he's actually at the top of our list. And they just needed, like, something to pin on him. And then they finally had this, like, you know, this kidnapping. And, uh, yeah, like, thank God for C- Carol DeRanche because mm-hmm. she, like, helped it. I loved that she was in it and that she was able to, like, give her perspective. And she was so, you know, she recounted everything very distinctly like that you know I mean something like this you can't forget right but she was so professional about it the whole time and you know it's something that you know it took her a long time to to get over because you know if I were almost murdered by a notorious serial killer that would be really hard to live with just like I escaped which is amazing but I escaped from somebody that many others didn't right and like what's so crazy about this too is you know, they say like, oh, he was at the top of our list or he's a suspect or whatever, but he was able to go to places like Idaho in Colorado and still murder people. Like they didn't have any surveillance on him. They didn't have, he was, you know, he didn't really have a job. He was like skipping class all the time at this point. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of like free to roam wherever. Right. And like nobody really keeping tabs on him as much except for, you know, Elizabeth. And when he finally gets caught for the first time, every time he gets caught, it's always like a traffic stop, which is amazing that somebody who is so detailed and so like particular about every single thing he did to, where he it was impossible for anything to be pinned on him in the beginning gets caught at a traffic stop. Right. And he get he goes to he goes to jail in Colorado for the attempted kidnapping. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I didn't know until I watched the documentary. He escaped. He escaped because nobody was watching him. He wasn't shackled. He was just kind of in a courtroom, right? Yeah, he the 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 judge was like, "Oh, he can be his own counsel." He's like, "I want to I want to be at the, the Which would never happen now. Like, no. <laughs> and you know what? He did it twice. Not only escaped twice, but he was his own counsel essentially twice. And like yeah, they were like, oh, well, he like he's the counsel, so he doesn't need to be shackled. And like Ted knew, he said that he was like practicing jumping off his top bunk and he would like run in place and like map everything out. And like he just 
he, and he like committed to it, like I would be, I, I don't know, I guess you're, you're desperate. And he talks about too, you made this point the other day when we were talking about it, like he claims he's innocent. Then like, why was he trying to escape so right. bad? Like, why is he trying to escape so bad? But just his first escape, he jumps from what a 25, second story, second like story, 25 feet window runs into the woods hides out in this cabin for what six days and then he find he's hungry he's disoriented he comes back into town they catch him again he goes because yeah, he's dr- he like finds a car oh oh yeah with the keys in the ignition <laughs> unlocked okay if there was a killer on the loose i would never i would never leave my keys in the car in general i am I would so never paranoid. leave my car unlocked oh my god yeah so again how things were different back then people were way too trusting of of their fellow man Uh, unfortunately it's not that way anymore but yeah he gets he goes back into prison and then again somebody that you assume is guilty of heinous crimes even just kidnapping an attempted murder that they wouldn't focus on him more and have somebody watching him constantly the second time he escapes he carves a hole in the roof of his cell crawls through the air ducts finds just like a correctional officer's outfit and just walks out the door yeah like nobody noticed people knew who he was by that point right it's just so crazy like he was able to get like this hacksaw from like inmates and he actually got cash from them and that's and he lost what 25 pounds so he got Mm -hmm. down to like 140 pounds and yeah he just like put on the clothes and like walked right out but it's it's like totally about technology too because if you think about it like obviously now in jails they have to have like key cards everywhere Mm -hmm. and like identification badges and everything and it's not like the people guarding the door would of what it it was like 16 cells like basement um jail it was like really small and he was able to like get out it's not like they would be like oh who's that guy plus he was that chameleon he could change Mm -hmm. the appearance uh his appearance at any time it's I can't. <laughs> the second time he goes missing, he's missing for over a month, for over 40 days, and no sign of him. But when you, when you watch the documentary and they talk about everything that he does, he gets on a plane, a plane, which obviously would never happen now. Like, you need so much ID and all the, you know, security you go through. But at the time, he was able to get on a plane. He ends up in Florida, and this is when the Chi Omega murders happen. He ends up murdering... One girl while he's in the sorority house, but bludgeons three others. He thought they he was very sloppy at this point. I think he was just kind of, he talks about how, you know, he felt this like force inside mm-hmm. him that, you know, was basically telling him to, to murder people. And I feel like he was just so desperate to murder that he just was really, really sloppy at the time. So he doesn't really murder all, all four of the girls that he, bludgeons in well he thought he house. i think he probably thought he yeah, did he thought he did because he beat them with a piece like a branch and again how you just walk into a sorority house but there were witnesses that saw some man he was heavily um heavily disguised at the time uh-huh. so they couldn't really it, they only saw from the side they didn't really get a good look at him still if i were in a sorority house and i saw some random man in the house that wasn't like obviously a college age student well he was though but yeah, he was like twenty. He was in his 20s. Yeah, so like I mean. 20s at this time. But it, and then he just goes down the street a couple blocks mm-hmm. and goes into the basement of part of apartment of somebody else and kills kills her. Mm-hmm. It's just like wh- what kind it's kind of like 
you know, people who like, like people who do drugs, like you have to do more and more and more and more to like fulfill yourself. It's like, okay, if he wouldn't have gotten caught, like he would have had to, like he beat to what he thought was the death, like five people in the matter of a few hours. Mm-hmm. Like that is insane. And then once again, he gets caught at a traffic stop. Yes. And uh, was this when he was driving erratically? They were just following a car that was kind of swerving around. Mm-hmm. He was trying to get, you know, trying to get away. And they catch him again. And this was the final time he got caught. But this is what is so funny. He has a fake mole. His hair is long. He has a beard. And everyone's like, who is this man? He oh my, went by some, fake some mole, other alias. The fake mole made me insane. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like... <laughs> Really? And they're like, who is this? Could this be the same man? Well, Could this they, also be Ted Bundy? It's like, well, no shit. It's well, the they didn't same know, person. They had no idea it was Ted Bundy. Because mm-hmm. the states at that time, they didn't even talk to each other. And he'd been missing for like, you know, 47 days or something like that. And you'd think there'd be like a nationwide hunt for this man. Right. You'd think. But again, you know, this this wasn't a thing. This didn't happen. They didn't really have a protocol for something like this. And he said he chose Florida because he was like, it's pretty much the furthest you can get away from Seattle. And it's, um, I think it's like crazy slash interesting how he's like, I'll tell you who I am, but I need a phone call. And he calls Liz to tell her like, I can't, you know, we, we have to, I wish I could sit down and talk to you about what really happened. And I'm like, God, what? what was going through his mind at that time? Like, mm-hmm. what did he want to divulge? And he was like, I can't talk about, like, what's happened in Florida. And then, you know, obviously he says, I'm Ted Bundy. And Oh, yeah, he finally was like, I will tell you who I am if I have this phone call. And yeah. he's like, I'm Ted Bundy. So now they actually, you know, are going to try him for these murders in Florida. Unfortunately, everything else that he's done that, you know, they try to pin on him but still don't really have sufficient evidence for all these murders in seattle in utah and oregon all of these that are going on there they can't really pin all of that on him he was really only charged with the murders in florida which mm-hmm. is amazing he was actually tried twice so he gets the death penalty the first time while he's representing himself and he even well he even had a team but he's like no i'm you know i'll take care of it you know he cross-examined people asking for really gritty details about what they found which is disgusting yeah asking multiple times and his team they talk about it in the documentary they're like he was just basically shooting himself in the foot we tried to tell him like you you can't do this you're not helping yourself at all they just felt that he didn't really understand what was happening and what they had on him and that he wasn't smart. He, he couldn't outsmart these people at this point. It just, it was too late. So he gets charged with uh, murder, gets the death penalty, and then he gets tried again. Yeah, in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because they had a more secure jail in Orlando, for one. And I think they were afraid that, like, what if he appeals these and, like, one of them gets like repealed and then he could be back out there again so they like did it i think they did it too so that they could have like you know two sentences obviously for two different crimes and then it would like it hopes that he would never get out again mm-hmm. type of thing and the most wild thing of all of this yeah. is there is a woman her name is also carol which is interesting she had all of the, she went to like every single you know hearing she went to every single court date and was going to try to disprove everything, you know, Ted Bundy is innocent. Aside from, like, his family, his mother, 
She was the only person, but she was like super adamant about it. They end up getting married while he's, you know, she's a character witness. While he's, you know, cross-examining her, he asks her to marry him. She says yes. They get married. They have a child while he is on death row. Yes. It's really creepy. They show a photo of him. She must have been married before. She has another kid. And then they're, you know, their daughter together. This just family photo, you know, while he's in prison, it's awful. And, like, conjugal visits were allowed, but um, they talked, too, about how, like, Ted just started, like, doing a ton of drugs in oh, prison. yeah, she snuck him in. and Yeah, and, like, I I wanted to know more about the daughter, I'm sure. That yeah, there's they don't information, talk about that a lot. That there's information out there about her, but she would be, like, about our age, would she? born in 1981 okay no so So she's she's, like 10 years older than us we're 90s babies yeah so she's i mean she's like a an adult probably is married and have kids of her own i would assume but like that is i wonder why they didn't interview carol she probably yeah where's carol where is she now i maybe she's not around maybe we maybe we should find out but obviously in the end Ted um, is executed and it's kind of sad the last episode you know your own views on the death penalty we won't get into that but he you know they talk about how he was actually kind of remorseful he said sorry for all the trouble I caused which doesn't really sound very remorseful yeah towards the end he was like he was white as a ghost like he was scared he started admitting to all of these different things towards the end that he never admitted to before probably I don't know why maybe he just kind of figured it was it was the end might as well I don't know but once he's getting executed he's white as a ghost he's scared he's obviously he doesn't want to die he tried to um, appeal his death penalty it got pushed multiple times until finally 1989 when he was he was executed and I mean it was like a tailgate outside of the prison there were people selling t-shirts people just binge drinking with posters cheering fireworks i mean it's kind of people like yeah like cheering when the hearse drove out like they were going like nuts for it Mm -hmm. which i mean i obviously do not enjoy ted bundy as a person and i did not want him to to live but also like that's just very very disturbing Mm -hmm. and it was kind of sad but you know don't go out and murder people, I guess. Right. But uh, so, yes, he um, I actually just found out about the uh, documentary coming out on the 30 year anniversary. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was kind of really, really excellent timing. But to summarize. So, uh, Allison, what did you think overall? Um, like, are we rating things? Sure. Yeah, we're going to be rating things uh, with a five star rating, like most people do in uh, the cinema world. So out of five stars, what do you give it? I'm going to give it a 3.5. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Explain. (laughs) (laughs) I Tell me why. Um, so they talk about how it's like conversations with a killer where I feel like it's like more so a monologue you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like and like you don't really get the whole truth they say that towards the end like when he was on death row and it was like eminent like okay yeah you're actually going to be executed that he starts divulging details of like murders that happened all over Washington and Idaho that like aren't even mentioned as like the main ones or that the people don't even have Mm -hmm. names and 
the story itself kind of like jumps around a little bit. It's, it's, you know, obviously I had to watch it like two times so that I could like grasp all the information and I had to like take notes so I could remember important details. Um, but I do really appreciate like how they really kind of honed in on the times when he, you know, his first known murders that were kind of high profile up until his kind of, um, like the end of the murders, like his capture and his Mm -hmm. sentencing. Um, I wish, like I said, that they would have had like more um, like interviews or kind of dove into like why he was the way he was. But I guess it was something that he didn't really talk about. So Mm -hmm. it would all kind of be speculation. But I would say, yeah, a 3.5 is is what I get it. And it did kind of like leave me wanting more, but not not necessarily in a bad way. Like I wanted to do more research Mm -hmm. on it. I would have to agree. I don't want to quite give it a four out of five, but I don't think it deserves a three out of five. I'd definitely say 3.5. My reasoning is is pretty similar. I wish we knew more about his background. I wish we had uh, delved more into his past, you know, before all of this happened. Another thing I didn't like was his girlfriend, Elizabeth. You learn a lot about her in the beginning. She had a daughter. Uh, you know, they were going to create this life together. And then it, they never really talk about how it ended. He just, he just kind like, of leaves. He just like ended it and abruptly. They don't really talk about it. And I wish she were interviewed and she wasn't, maybe she didn't want to be, maybe it was too hard. Maybe it was, you know, something that she didn't really want to talk about anymore. That's another thing. A lot of the, you know, investigators, police officers, everybody involved that was in this documentary talk about that. It's still hard for them to talk about. They tried to basically put it behind them, mm-hmm. especially people who talked to him for so long. They're like, I, I don't want to talk about him anymore because the time they spent with him was just so disturbing what they learned. But I would say, yeah, I just wish there were more about his background. I wish there was a little bit more about uh, Elizabeth and his family. I wish there were more from Ted because honestly, there's really not a lot. I mean, obviously there's a lot of his, you know, audio clips, but I just kind of wish there was a little bit more. Yeah, they said there was over 100 hours and we can assume that, okay, maybe like 25 hours was – uh steve and trying to like break down the walls but then when he starts talking in like you know the third person very much like hannibal lecter-esque mm-hmm. type of you know like conversation per se like obviously he had to have talked about a lot of other stuff too like i, I guess i wanted more i i would love mm-hmm. to just like listen to the ramblings i guess I don't yeah know. probably too. probably unhealthy <laughs> but I also kind of wish there were more than four episodes. I feel like they jam-packed way yeah. too much in each episode. I wish they had kind of expanded it a little bit more, maybe like eight episodes or so. I know that's you know longer for us to watch, but I feel like it would have been easier to absorb everything if we didn't have so much jam-packed into each episode. But mm-hmm. I still really enjoyed it. I love stuff like this. I love documentaries in general. Both Allison and I actually just watched another documentary the other night called Abducted in Plain Sight. I don't think we're going to talk about that one, but definitely watch watch it it is insane yeah it's 90 minutes and it's wild we'll tell it takes place which i thought about this it takes place in like the same time frame it does like 1974 in idaho in like a neighborhood like an lds and ted like was baptized into the lds church too. that's true oh my god right oh my god i know 
So maybe Idaho... The 70s in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> was kind of a hub of, of horror. Yeah. I mean, probably all over the place too. But this documentary, what you need to know is a dad falls in love with his neighbor's daughter. Ugh. It's really gross. I'll he just abduct- give you a little warning He abducts there. her. She falls in love with him, and aliens are involved. Yes, and that's all you need to know. I'm aliens. S- I'm so serious when I say that aliens are involved. So you have to watch it's it. It's insane. It is insane. But yeah, I love stuff like this. I love documentaries. I love true crime stories, and I love. I don't love serial killer, serial killers, but you 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 get what I mean when I say we that. all I love, have like a gross fascination. We with love it. to learn about them. They're they're fascinating, and um you know maybe someday there will be another one on our list but i think the next one we're going to do is something more fun we mm-hmm. definitely want to uh, lift the spirit up a little bit for our next one but um make sure to you know share this podcast with your friends and if you guys have any suggestions for us for future episodes definitely let us know we are open to watching anything our only rule is we want to make sure that it is available on streaming platforms that is the biggest part of this podcast we want to make sure our travelers have access to it from Mm -hmm. wherever they go so uh, itunes is generally where you can find almost anything Um, but definitely netflix hulu amazon prime you know all the the big ones are Mm -hmm. where we're going to be looking for a lot of our content but yeah if you have any suggestions please let us know we will talk about it and we will uh see you next time have a good one